such a daddy, a zaddy, possibly my baby daddy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Romancing the Monsters. I'm M. Hi, I'm S. I'm Seth. And today we are diving into the very first book in the Hathaway series. So we're kicking off our Hathaway read-along. In case you're new here, which is totally possible whenever we, you know, start up a new series like this, um, we have actually read the entirety of the Wallflowers uh, series as well. So you can find that on our page in case you are interested in more uh, Lisa Claypass related content on Romance and the Monsters. Um, but yeah, today we are talking about Mind Till Midnight. This is Cam and Amelia's story. So the, you know, eldest uh, Hathaway daughter with Cam, who is a character that we have met in the, the Wallflower series. Mm-hmm. Um, and it involves a lot of the characters that we know and love from that series as well. <laughs> so Steph and I have read these books before. So it yeah. is a reread for us. And I'm very excited about that because I never reread these books. And for us. It is once again a first, first so first we get to, uh, yeah, we get to experience that with you again mm. uh, with the Hathaways in this uh, crazy, crazy family that they are. <laughs> so, <laughs> Seth. Yeah. Beyond that, or I guess add to, adding to all this, what is this book about? All right. Well, the book um, starts off with basically Amelia, which you already said she's the eldest daughter in the family. She is actually looking for her brother, Leo, who is... I guess the new, uh, is he the Earl of Ramsey? They're not, he's not an Lord? Earl. Lo- he's... Lord. Let's just go Lord Ramsey. He's yeah. like, he just inherited this title. Maybe a Viscount. Oh, yes, he's a, a Viscount. Viscount. Yeah. I think he's a yeah, Viscount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, she's looking for her brother who's gone missing uh, for three days. And she kind of runs into uh, Cam Rohan, who uh, we've mm-hmm. obviously known from Devil in Winter. He's grown yeah. up a little bit in this book. Um, he's like on the cusp. Also the guy who kissed Daisy, remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so her and, I guess, an adopted brother, Mary Penn, go to Jenner's thinking her brother's there. And then she kind of uh, feels this instant attraction or, I guess, connection to this tall dark mysterious and dangerously man. handsome mm. cam and uh yeah they're he's just you know really hot and they kind of have yeah. like i said a connection and who wouldn't first of all cam could literally have sexual chemistry with a fucking tree damn like, i know yeah this man's so charming yeah no wonder yeah. amelia fell for it i, I don't yeah. blame her i, I know right her. um anyways they rescue leo he was in a brothel mary pin and rescue cam and amelia rescued him and <laughs> literally uh what why are you laughing you said they rescue him from a brothel i don't think he, he needed rescuing <laughs> well i mean he was getting into a fight so i guess they, they rescued manhandled him, from the fight him in front out of, of the, the brothel 
There you go. Um, Anyways, so cut to them actually making it to Hampshire, which is where their estate is. We finally get to meet the Hathaways, which is a family of five. So we got Leo, Amelia, Winifred, Poppy, Beatrix, and also, I guess our family of six, and Mary Penn, who is, like I said, an adopted brother, basically. Um, He kind of lives with the family, but not. He's, like, on the cusp, like, He's, like, an outsider looking in, but, like, still, like, a part of the core family. And um, Leo, who's supposed to be the eldest brother and supposed to be the one making all the the decisions, is kind of, like, going through his own grief at the moment. And he kind of uh, spending all the money and the house needs repairs and the money is just, like, going away, dwindling away. So Amelia has kind of taken on this role of, like, mother hen or, like, parenting her siblings because some of them are... Beatrix is 15, so she's a bit younger and needs some more, like, I guess, like, guidance in life. Mm-hmm. And anyways, so she goes on a walk and in Hampshire, and we know Stony Cross is also in Hampshire. We know Westcliff's house is in Hampshire. So she's on a little walk, and she almost gets uh, killed by a rocket. And who does she <laughs> meet there? She meets Cam Rohan again. They were just setting up, uh, setting out uh, explosives in the forest, as you, as one does, you know. As one does, as one does. No danger at all in that, (laughs) at all. Yeah. So, anyways, story continues on. Cam and Amelia further, I guess, develop this attraction towards one another. But Cam is very much set on, you know, going back to his Romany roots and, you know, living under the stars. And Amelia is very independent and set on not getting married. That's where uh, their story is, basically. So, let's start with the person who has not read this book before, shall we? As, how did you feel about this book? This book. This book. Uh uh Uh-oh. I enjoyed it. Okay. Did you? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh. No, I enjoyed it. I loved Cam. I loved Amelia. You fucking hate Leo. I can tell. No, actually. You don't? I really? Like Why would you hate Leo? Leo? Yes. I'm no. surprised. Because you're not meant to like him here. But there's something there. Yeah. There's, oh, there's, yeah. Some, there's the yeah, yeah, tortured yeah. soul. So I'm there. I'm yes. here for it. So I'm intrigued to read a, more about him. But yeah, I enjoyed the story. I will say that the connection between Amelia and Cam, I read up until like 60% and I realized like I don't feel the connection. There was just something that I just, it it wasn't clicking, it wasn't connecting. And I think it kind of had to do with Cam and Daisy. Interesting. (laughs) She's still holding on to that, huh? I know, right? Like that kind of stayed in the back of my head. And it just kind of made me think like, okay, is Cam the type to just kind of fall for anyone? Because he sees Daisy for the first time and like right away they kissed. He sees Amelia for the first time and like, they kiss right like, away he they kiss he couldn't help himself you know yeah i feel like that's kind of his mo you know like kiss yeah. a lady you know because he's attracted to her in the moment like he lives in the moment yeah very and, much so. and i don't know if that kind of just didn't it vibe with me s is gonna go on those like reddit forums being all like <laughs> anti amelia <and> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was just there was just something something wasn't clicking yeah yeah so. I can see that. I can see that as well. Um, it's never been one of my favorites from Lisa Claypass. Again, I mean, I say this every time. A bad book or like a less good book by Lisa Claypass is honestly some other author's best book. Mm-hmm. 
But I will say I kind of agree. Um, I think they're great characters separately. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I like them individually, but together, I don't know. Because for me, having read the rest of the series, I can remember how eventually, you know, they become sort of like the mom and dad of this family yeah. in a way. Mm-hmm. So they are very present throughout the books, and you grow very fond of them and and, and of their bond together and I do think it continues to develop but mm-hmm. I can totally see how in this first book like I don't think I particularly feel it either like there wasn't anything special for them yeah and I think for me it's because a lot of this book and this is something interesting that I would like for us to discuss a lot of mm-hmm. this book um stands on very like mythical aspects like the supernatural they're like it's fate it's destiny mm-hmm. it's it's very much that which you know nothing wrong with that but you don't expect that from a historical romance like there are legitimate paranormal elements yes. to this story yeah. um and i i feel like a lot of their bond was kind of left explained that way you know oh it's it's it was faded type of thing like we were yeah. destined for each other but it's like okay but show me how even if they hadn't hadn't been destined for each other they would have found each other anyway like how are they compatible as human beings as lovers Mm -hmm. beyond that you know no I agree with that and um so like like you guys I also agree this is like not the best story I've read by Lisa Claypass but it certainly isn't the worst and like like you said her books are all like good um but you brought in the paranormal aspect. That was something I really enjoyed with the story because I feel like that's something that I feel like a lot of people could maybe relate to in terms of, like, I'm talking about Laura and, like, her presence mm-hmm. in the story. And um, just the idea of, like, not being able to let someone go, I feel like that was a really strong, like, um, I guess, theme in this book, and I really, really enjoyed that aspect. But in terms of Amelia and Cam, we never really got to see his, like, acceptance of his emotions. I feel like... No, we saw his acceptance, but we never saw, like, his struggle. And I feel, like you said, it was a lot of, like, fate and, like, talking of, like, meant to be together because fate decreed it. But but it makes sense for his character, right? Like, we have to mention that. Like, yeah. with his background, his culture, etc. Like, it makes sense that this is a part of this book because it's what his people believe in, you know? But it left, for like, for me as a reader to not um, fully grasp their connection. Like, as said, I feel like it kind of just made a switch like a quick yeah, yeah. 180 and then I was like oh okay, sure. okay he's choosing to settle down and marry and forget all about you know yeah living under the stars and like mm-hmm. living the way of his people mm-hmm. um yeah which is a, a conversation we can have for sure as how did you feel about the introduction to the Hathaways like how do yeah, you yeah you're meeting so many people in this yeah book, first of a all. lot of people plus <laughs> yeah. some animals Plus some animals. Oh, yeah, the little creature, the little lizard creature. Um, no, I, oh, I liked it. Just I'm... the first one, girl. I know. Oh, there's more. There's <laughs> well, gonna be there's more. more to Beatrix come. is honestly amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I really liked yeah. her. I liked Poppy. Um, you did. Interesting. I'm really intrigued with Win Winifred mm. and Maripin. Yeah, really, really. That's intrigued. that's a tortured soul for sure. Uh, yes, he, he breaks my heart. I love that man. Really. So I'm ex- I'm really excited for their book. He's literally pining his way to the grave. I know. Yeah. Love to see it. Love to see it. I'm excited to uh, read everybody else's books. Who like who are you most excited for right now? Would it be uh, Mary Penn and Wayne? Yeah, their book for sure. Well, they're next. Yeah. <laughs> You're in luck. 
Um, I will say that um, I didn't dislike the paranormal aspects. Um, mm-hmm. I do think at least the the contemporary books that I've read by Lisa Kleypas had paranormal elements as mm-hmm. well. So it, mm-hmm. it looks like it's something that she really enjoys. And I respect that she probably had a lot of fun adding those into this book. And, you know, she's experimenting with every single one of her books, you know, yeah. throwing in little new things. And this was the thing of this book. Mm-hmm. Um, and got to respect that. And I like that for her. And to be honest, it, it, it made it feel a little different so yeah (laughs) it it did feel different no I agree with that and like speaking back on Laura like the whole like the whole idea of her kind of haunting the fam not family but like Leo and just like being there like she's just a presence he always feels and it's like it's weighing him down and like you Mm -hmm. find out later on that he's kind of the one that's keeping her there because he's not letting her go I just Mm -hmm. thought that was really interesting and I really I liked the what it added to the story I felt like it I don't know, it just, like, developed Leo's character in a way that I wasn't expecting, because, like, legit, I forgot everything about this book, I don't remember anything, yeah. and then I read it, and I was like, oh my gosh, this happened! So, yeah, I don't know, I liked I liked that idea, and I love that Cam was able to pick up on him being haunted, because of, like, his own stories that he grew up with, his and, like, everything ties, that's happened yeah, with him, that. and, like, mm-hmm. his tribe. Yeah, it's, like, like, a metaphor, almost, for manifesting things like grief you know like yeah. you're you're feeling them so strongly and you're so unable to let them go that you kind of manifest them in real life if that makes sense mm-hmm. and so here's her ghost and it won't leave him alone and yeah. he's you know spiraling down into madness as a result and it's kind of of his own making in a way uh yeah it's very interesting like it is layered you know she's not just throwing that in just to be like ooh, something cool you know like there is a deeper emotional uh thing to pull from it Mm -hmm. and that makes it worth it to me yeah Um, and it just made leo's character his journey in this book just so tragic like it's just like he was young he fell in love he was getting married his life was almost set and then like the scarlet fever just came out of nowhere and killed his fiance the love of his life and like he didn't even get to grieve and then he brought it back to his own house he brought it back to win and win is sick as a result you know like there's guilt involved in that as well but think about it because not only did he bring it back to his house he probably didn't even get to go to the funeral or grieve her death he was Mm. sick he was like Mm. feverish he never got that at the end of the day like a funeral the point at least for me is a space to allow you to let that person go yeah and it's for closure and he didn't get that (laughs) so he never got to let it go you know imagine you're awake one minute living life loving this woman and then you wake up the next and she's dead i know his brain never got to how are you supposed to reconnect those two parts of yourself and of of life when it just feels like there's something missing because obviously there is yeah so i feel like this book and this well okay i'll just say this book is much darker than the wallflowers like already yeah all of those themes because i agree with that you know leo he's trying to kill himself like constantly trigger warning but yeah yeah like suicide is a thing in this book uh even beatrix she's she feels so guilty about these like impulses that she has Mm -hmm. as a result of you know her own tragedies that she's you know gone through Mm -hmm. she has these impulses that she doesn't understand and doesn't know how to explain and she feels so bad about them and she's like 
I want to kill myself. I don't want to do this. Like, why do I do this? I don't understand. And you feel so bad. Yeah. But it's just so much darker in tone. Yeah. Yet, yet light, obviously. Because, you know, Lisa Claypass is a master at, you know, com- combining those two things in a book. Where it's like, you, you know, you get the light, you know, fluffy, sexy... Uh, witty stuff and then you also get like the dark and intense stuff as well yeah. mixed in and I also feel like sorry this series like where the wallflowers they became like a found family and like slowly they became yeah. closer and closer and closer I feel like this book started off with like family first you know like it's just like a family very... first but a family that's broken yes but I mean very like in the so. same like in the sense where like you get everyone's story at the same time in a way like their story starts when the first book starts which is why I like I think I've said this so many times to other people that wanted to pick up certain books in the series I was like you cannot you need to read from like book one all the way to the end because then you're yeah. not gonna get all the little tidbits that you get in each book yeah because I think just like with the the wallflowers where it was all about you know them finding each other and becoming friends and supporting each other here yes you start with a family but it's very much so you know they have an arc to go on to yes. to go on throughout the series where they need to reconnect with each other they mm-hmm. need to find each other because they are they start out so scattered and you know you know Amelia doesn't know who she, you know she can't rely on on her brother who she should be able to rely on he knows that he's he feels guilty about that but he's also at a in an emotional point where he doesn't even give a fuck anymore because yeah. he just can't he's yeah. exhausted and you know beyond depressed and you know it's like all these things and they have to find a way to heal each other and heal together as a family yeah because like their parents died so like quickly like one after the other and then Amelia just took on this role and like obviously yeah Laura died and like Amelia took on this role of like being like the mother figure the the authority figure in this in this family and it's like she had to put on the strong front she couldn't even like lie I guess lean on her siblings like her sister's she just wanted to like, keep the strong front and like they all said you know you can cry and then she's like Mm-mm, I'm not like I, I'm fine and like I just feel like that's so heartbreaking for her and like the only outlet she kind of did have was Cam. I love that he was such a strong character and like so sure of himself that he was able to be that person for her. That's very much the dynamic of their relationship it's like let me take on some of your burden you know because mm-hmm. obviously yeah. Amelia is not just the mother she's the father in this family as I well know. she she has to make the decisions for this family but that's scary that scary as hell and not always possible in a world like the Victorian era where women have no power and here you are having to make these decisions for your family and you're running after your brother who's unavailable emotionally and physically yeah because he has to be the one to technically make the decisions because you can't because you're a woman mm-hmm. it's just such a stressful place to be in and and you have cam who comes in and he's willing to take on all of that for her yeah. and you know take on you know some if not all of the burden you know yeah. that he if i mean if, if he could he would take all of it but exactly know. i mean there's also Maripin as well that's like kind of doing like the heavy lifting True. in the family he's like still part of the family but like but he not. just works in the background you know like he's not like he's not her sounding board he's not like any emotional support he's just very much there to like look after win and just look after like a certain other things that takes it like takes it off her plate basically 
Yeah, Maripin's relationship to this family is very ambiguous. Uh, <laughs> it's well because he obviously cares about them, but also you get the feeling that he doesn't want to, but he does, and he feels this sense of duty mm. and mostly towards uh win but also towards the others and he's like weirdly territorial over this family and like it's like he himself doesn't know what to do with it like he himself is like battling his like why do i stay but also i can't leave yeah and i think cam even like um i don't know if it was cam one of them uh mentioned like do you have like affection for amelia and he's like Mm. ew no she's like my sister or something like that yeah yeah i mean let's talk about mary pin how do you guys like i feel like he very much resembles mckenna in a way in the sense where like he was found on the street and like Mm. he was kind of taken in but like it stops there whereas like i guess the hathaway is like the father took him in and like kind of not adopted him i wouldn't say adopted him but like kind of tried to give him a better life in terms of, like, they raised him up. He was a part of the family until he backed away when, like, you know, any kind of competition between him and Leo would ever come. And, like, he more so just, like, took it upon himself to back away and just, like, be on the outside. Okay, I have a theory. I'm just going to throw it out there because, obviously, I haven't reread Wynn and Maripin's book. Okay. But I think that this may or may not be Lisa Claypass doing a Wuthering Heights retelling. No, I know. I always say uh, Mary Penn and Wynn are very much Heathcliff, Heathcliff and Cassie. Yeah. I always say that. Book two is literally Wuthering Heights. He's a rom. He was taken in into this family. He was very much loved by these parents who weren't his own parents. Yeah. And then they die and, like, obviously, that's where, you know, Weathering Heights kind of goes in a different direction. But I wonder if if she was going for that. Because that's so obvious to me. But anyway, we'll see no, when we I, read it. I felt that. And I always say this one's Weathering Heights. And then, obviously, like I said, Westcliff and Lillian are Pride and Prejudice. How do you feel about Maripin? Yeah. Yes. I love yes. him. I, I freaking love him. Um, I mean, what else is there to say? Well, there is the fact that uh, him... And Cam have the same puka tattoo. What's that about? How do you feel about that? Yeah, what do you think that means? Related. So I'm either thinking they're brother, they're brothers, or they're like cousins, or somehow in the same family, and they were like. If separated. they were, if they were, how do you think they would react to it? I think calmly, and then just kind of like brush it under the <laughs> Maripin rug. Maripin acting just, calmly towards Cam. Maripin. <laughs> Just maybe not make a big deal out of it and just be like, okay, like, this is a thing. And let's just All right. well, I guess see we'll where see. it goes. <laughs> is there a reaction? Is we'll see. Reaction? Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. We don't know. Well, <laughs> we don't know how they're related, but they have the same tattoo. So maybe they just belonged to the same clan at some point. Who knows? Um, no, but I just think it's so interesting, like, right off the bat, he, like, hates Cam, and he's so confrontational towards Cam. Like, yeah. why? Well, that's, Mer- that's Maripin with everyone, though, besides Wynn. Let's be real. Like, he hates everyone. <laughs> he doesn't hate everyone. He loves Amelia in his own way. He loves Poppy and Beatrix in his own way. Does he? Yeah. In his own way, which is the difficult way. Like, he doesn't... <coughs> he tolerates them. He tolerates as, like, little people. Sisters that's right. 
That's right. For, with the girls. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, love that they that Cam, you know, is intrigued and uh, <laughs> Merripin is like, nope. <laughs> Stay away from my family. Don't touch my sisters. Go away. I love just it. love when, like, I know we're jumping all over the place, but, like, when yeah, he finds are. out that Amelia and Cam had sex for sex. the first time, mm-hmm. he literally jumps out of bed and, like, literally was going to start a, a fight in front of, like, everyone. It's, like, Westcliff, Sebastian, I think, was there. Literally everyone was going to see this fight. So let's actually discuss the story and the people. Oh, yeah, maybe we should do that. Oh, um, real quick before, oh. remind me, and I'll see where I can fit this in our discussion. Okay. There were... Things that happened that are not in the audiobook. What? Yes. Um, can we actually jump right into this? Because um, I noticed when I read this the first time, there was the whole thing about the kidnapping tradition. Yeah. When Cam comes in at night, takes her, quote unquote, takes her, like it's yes. very willingly, but you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and takes her away. That is not in the audiobook. What do they say happened? And I vividly, they just, it, they just don't mention that it's the kidnapping tradition of the the, the rom. Are you? It's just are you he just me? arrives. Yeah, they take the, all of that away uh, out of the book. So As I didn't what notice else do they that. They take away. That's the only thing I noticed. Okay, so what I noticed. So, wait, you went digging through the book as well to make sure? So, what I did... This is not playing around. No, she got receipts. So, so this is... So, I was listening, and there's certain things that I... Like, when it comes to, like, the monster stuff that Mm -hmm. can contribute to the podcast, like, I like to highlight or take a screenshot um, instead of, like, writing it down, you know? So, Mm -hmm. I was able to get the ebook from my library... And there was a section where I was highlighting and I was and I was listening and I was looking at the text. I was like, wait a minute, like this doesn't what is happening? This doesn't it, it was just completely different. Yeah. So the section where this was around like 60 percent where he's asking her to marry him. He's like, marry me and I'll restore Ramsey House. I'll return it into into a palace. I'll turn it into a palace and we'll consider it part of your bride price and then he talks about the romani tradition yeah uh, and i think that's, that's in the audiobook the but then it is goes it? on i think it is and then i'll take care of you and your household clothes jewelry horses books school da, 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 da. wouldn't you like to see her well again talking about winifred and then she says that's not fair and then it complete like there's a whole chunk this is a chunk it says in return you have to do wait wait in return, all you have to do is give me what I want. His hand came up to her wrist, sliding along the lines of her arm. And then he says, I would feel as if... She says, I would feel as if I made a bargain with the devil. And then he says, no, Amelia, just with me. I'm not even certain what it is you want. Cam's, Cam's head lowered over hers. After last night, I find that hard to believe. So I like this whole section is just completely... And then there was a part wow. where he talks about his past, about him sleeping with, with past women that were married. That mm-hmm. whole chunk isn't in the audiobook. Are you serious? Um, and it kind of made What's me think, point? like, was, was it made me think about his character and, like, is it a good idea that they took it out? For me, the way it was in the book and that section that I read and what I learned from him from the audiobook, like, it didn't match well. What do you mean? 
adding those the, the scenes that they took out didn't match his character like him talking about him being with other women married women and stuff so you feel like in this case it makes sense like no for me it didn't make oh. sense like what i heard in the huh. audiobook if they would have left it in there no what, what what i'm asking is so you think that taking those parts out of the story as far as the the audiobook i was gonna sound real like audiobook <laughs> <laughs> uh makes sense because it wouldn't fit his character description from the audio from what i read yes. and what i yes from the character built through the audiobook yeah so you feel like it's still functions like his character still works no no no. i feel like it without it without it 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 without yeah Yeah, the character as far as the audiobook works yeah but then adding these scenes in would just rewrites everything that you know about camp yeah so me reading that it just kind of it just it didn't it's not the cam i know like it's just i don't know like i don't want to know him being with other women which is normal because he's a guy and he's been with women you know I've read the book, obviously, and I listened to the book this time around, which is something I like to do when we do these uh, rereads. Um, and am I annoyed? Yes. Uh, was I looking forward to that kidnapping? Yes. <laughs> it's a favorite trope of mine, um, and I love that it's faked <laughs> in this instance. Right? It wasn't there. It wasn't there, which I don't understand why, because obviously as I remember it anyway, in the original scene, it was all very much like, yeah, they were, she was obviously willingly going with him. But anyways, maybe they took it out because it looked bad on the ROM and she just didn't want to, like maybe she made that up and she felt bad and she wanted to go back and take that out because like it was maybe. um, Let's do a fact check. So the, so the scene that you're talking about, the kidnapping, that isn't the scene. That's their first night together when they go and have sex in, like, the four, the, the camp, the abandoned camp uh, okay. that the, the ROM were in. So, so she, what's in the audio is kind of fixed in a way where they just kind of go off for a few hours. Yeah, they just go off and she's just, like, following him type of thing. So but the, in the original, in the book, yeah. he kidnaps her. Well, it's, quote, unquote, oh. a kidnapping. Like, it's just a tradition that the man goes and takes takes the woman that he wants and brings her back and like they have sex and whatever like that's just the tradition Mm. of his people and then that was just taken taken out like the fact that he mentions that that's their tradition and that's why he's doing it but i will say that then when to him they are married it doesn't make quite as much sense because to him the tradition that's what it meant like you go and you take the bride that you want Mm -hmm. and that means you're kind of married Whereas in the audiobook, she just wakes up with that ring on her finger and she's like, huh, what does that mean? And he's like, well, obviously, like, we got married, which, like, it still, I guess, works. But I feel like with the whole tradition, it made more sense because, like, we knew what it meant for him. So, okay, so in the audiobook, they didn't have sex, but he put the ring on her finger? No, no, they do have sex. They, They still do have sex in the camp. But it doesn't show him putting the ring on her finger. She just kind of wakes up with the ring on her finger. Yeah, no, but that's in the regular book, too. Okay, fact check. So, bride kidnapping has been practiced around the world throughout history, prehistory, and among peoples as diverse as, um, I can't pronounce the name, in Southeast Asia, in Mexico, and in the Romani people in Europe. Bride kidnapping still occurs in various parts of the world, but it's most common in Central Asia. And in most nations, bride kidnapping is kidnapping is considered a sex crime because of the implied element of rape rather than a valid form of marriage 
So maybe that's why she mm. took it out. But at the same time, it's still very much a part of their culture, according to yeah, like, and online. If, and if, like, it, if it's super like explicitly said that she was going willingly, which it was, yeah. she was a willing victim. <laughs> Uh, then why should it be tainted by an undertone that's not there? And it's also not, like, it's tainted by, I guess, our perception of what this implies. The non-Romani people's Mm. perception of what happened. Yeah, like, I remember it being all very playful. So I don't think that that being in the book would have changed your perception of Cam as a character. Like, I feel like you... If it's, you know, how he is and mm-hmm. he's kind of, he plays games, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the other stuff where, he, where it kind of sounds like he's trying to force her into, you know, having this relationship with him. Maybe that, you know, it wasn't necessary. Um, but, you know, we said this in, we would go back and listen to her it happened one autumn (laughs) episode if you haven't uh that was a whole ride uh (laughs) a plot twist happened in the midst of that episode in which we discovered that uh we were being lied to (laughs) yeah via the audiobook because y'all thought i was lying and i made up scenes yeah and when we thought we were right which we were everybody was right in the end yes it's the books and the audiobooks that were lying yeah um but what I think is important to say is the well two things actually first of all it's extremely frustrating to have books like this that are edited but not all versions of the book yeah so you can grab the ebook and then grab the audiobook and it's two completely different stories that are being told mm-hmm. and that's incredibly frustrating to me and the fact that it's not disclosed is even more frustrating because you don't even know i agree with that we know because we have three perspectives here thankfully uh and four in that other episode so we were able to fact check with each other like what did you read how what is it but to like a regular reader which i guess like maybe they don't care like they just read the book and they read it for what it is and then they don't think about it ever again which that's cool but like I feel like it should be disclosed. Like, I don't understand why it's not. It doesn't come with a, an author's note at the beginning saying, like, hey, I edited this book because blah, blah, blah was my reasoning. And I stand by that. And if you want to find the original copy, then just find a version that's older than this year or whatever. And that's it. That was my decision. Goodbye. Yeah, like, because the way it's you know, right now, I just feel like it... It kind of feels like it's a dirty little secret, you know, like everything that was taken out. It does. That's exactly how it feels. And that yeah. that feels wrong to me. That's that's an undertone that I do not want yeah. to see tainting my favorite series, you know? Exactly. Um, and the second thing is I'm personally of the opinion that things shouldn't be taken out of books, no mm-hmm. matter how bad it can be, because I believe in the history of this genre. I believe that it's important to leave these things in because it shows our growth as a genre and how far we've come. And if we can't go back and see where we were, we'll never be able to be proud of ourselves for where we are now. Like, I just think it's important to leave those traces behind us so that I don't, I just don't know for history's sake, for the sake of the genre, for, you know, just, I just don't understand why it should be taken out, you know? 
mm-hmm. it's like erasing part of your your own history that's just like you said a hidden little, little secret like yeah. we all know what romance used to be exactly. <laughs> we all know where it started so what's the point of taking it out we still know that so what is it doing really i just feel like this is trying to like i don't know like i just romance is becoming so fucking tame (laughs) tell me about it so fucking tame and it's like they're focusing on the wrong things like i i don't know i just books that have been previously written like you said they just leave them just leave them as they are like don't touch them so yeah i mentioned at the I mentioned at the beginning of the episode that we have a lot of returning characters here. Yes. Um, how do we feel about Westcliff and Lillian? They're the cool neighbors now, not just the cool friends. <laughs> uh, also, St. Vincent, mm-hmm. Evie. And Phoebe. And Phoebe. St. Vincent with his Phoebe. baby. Yeah, Phoebe. Oh yes! Oh my God! Oh, that little, the little paragraph he yes. said about let me, let me pull He's it up. He's spoiling his daughter rotten when she was crying, right? That that paragraph. Yeah. It says there, darling. Saint Vincent had been known to coo into the infant's ear. Has someone displeased you? Ignored you? Oh, the insolence! My poor princess shall have anything she wants. And appeased <laughs> by her father's outrageous spoiling, uh, Phoebe would settle into hiccuping smiles. <laughs> so he much. spoils that kid. So Such much. a daddy, a zaddy, possibly yeah. my baby daddy. <laughs> I love it. I love him. Girl, same, same, same. Yeah. Oh, girl. He's such a hot dad. And like he, he's even hot with his kids when they're much older. So mm-hmm. yeah. Just, yeah. I said it before. Sebastian St. Vincent honestly ages like a fine wine. He can get it at any age. At any age. 90 years old, still getting it. Can still I get don't it. I care. He would still get me. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Westcliff, Lillian, etc. Were you excited to see them back, S? Yes, of course. So uh, Westcliff got his points back. So. Oh. Int- well, he... he- he lost him for what again? Oh, the, the the cheating thing. The cheating and the Christmas one, the little... So how did he win yeah, the yeah, points yeah. back? Tell us. Yeah, Just by yeah. being there, by helping out <laughs> his neighbors, by offering them a place to stay. Being neighborly. Yeah. How did you feel about their presence in this book, though? Like, we go from seeing them as main characters to being supporting characters in this. And True. we also, like, um, we experience the Hathaways. And then Amelia is very much, like... Oh my gosh, they're gonna shun us! Like we're never gonna be a part of this, like you know, a par- part of this group anymore. But like they still yeah. kind of ignore that. And like Lillian's quick, like right off the bat, she's like, "Honestly, like we're crazy. You're crazy. Let's just all be crazy together." Together, yeah. How did you feel about like seeing that side of things? Like, were you expecting them to like cut them off? Um, no, actually, no. <laughs> there was that I moment mean, where, um, Leo? no, where. I think it was where the bomb exploded, the the fireworks or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Westcliff yeah. is kind of like, oh, well, no one told me you guys were coming back or something like that. Like, he was being a little... Mm, territorial. Yeah. <laughs> well, because he needs to know things. He, like, he's like that guy. Westcliff fucking knows everything. Yeah. Because he makes it his job to yeah. know everything. <laughs> so there was that little moment where I'm just like, hmm. But no, yeah. he, he was cool. He was being neighborly, yeah. and he got his points back. 
Yeah, I love that he's being a progressive king yeah. in all of these books. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. Always, love him. you know, fighting for the change, fighting for the people, yeah. fighting for, you know, I just love it. Um, yeah. He's investing in, like, stuff that, you know, the stuffy people of the ton are, you know, looking at him, like, how dare he invest in that? That's for the poor people. <laughs> and speaking of investing... We discover Cam has something of a curse where, like, yeah. he just keeps earning money and yeah. he invests in things that he thinks or believes they're going to fail and he's going to mm. lose money, but, like, he can't stop earning money. How did you feel about the little tidbit? I have a theory that I literally just thought of on the spot. Let's hear it. His latest investment is the Hathaways. He invests time and emotion <laughs> into this family and they're going to get back together and become happy as a family again. Could that be another that be like part, part of, of the good it? luck curse? Yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's a time where it was a blessing, not a curse. I mean, it's always a blessing. He just doesn't see it that way. But yeah. I, I mean, making money to me not a curse. I wish I can just throw money away and then get double right? what I threw away. Yeah. You know, like yeah. lucky guy. That's the life I want to live. <laughs> but see, that's another like sort of mystical aspect to the story that she threw in there. Yeah, uh, which is interesting. But, you know, like I said, a lot of it then, you know, kind of is based on I don't know how to explain it. But like a lot of it is like kind of like, oh, well, yeah, that's explained by the fact that he's got this curse and he's just going to make a lot of money now and they're going to be out of debt and, you know, trouble. Yeah. So how did, I don't know. How did you girls feel about him kind of after they slept together, him kind of like taking over? And making the plans, family. Uh-huh, mm, and making yeah. plans with uh, Westcliff and mm. same thing. Yeah, actually, I I want to throw that question to you. <laughs> <laughs> Answer it, please. Um, so if I'm thinking about Amelia, I think I would be annoyed, personally, yes. very annoyed for sure. But then thinking about what she has gone through, what she needs to carry on her shoulders. It's nice to have someone willing to help out and kind of take over. So I'm like in the middle, like 50-50, like, what the fuck are you doing? And like, okay, thank you. I need, yeah. I needed the help. I don't know. Like you said, Amelia's character is very, like, strong-willed and, like, very independent. And just the idea of someone not even telling her, basically, that he's going to yeah. be taking care of, like, the rebuilding of the house after the fire happens. He's mm-hmm. going to be taking care of, like, this and this and this. Yeah. And she's not expected to really, like, have a say or anything in that. And then... I don't know. I just personally, I just feel like that's a lot. Like, I mean, someone taking yeah. away all my decisions and like making everything, uh, you know, I guess like, like you said, he was like easing the burden from her, but like literally taking it all away. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like if Amelia would have been like the Amelia we knew from the beginning would have been okay with what was going on. She um, wasn't though. <laughs> she wasn't. So she did voice that. It took her a long time. I feel like for yeah. her to be okay yeah. with him helping her. Yeah. So I personally, I know that's, like, in his personality and, like, that's what he believes. And he also believes, like, in his culture, like, men are the people that, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of take these decisions, like, these big decisions. And, like, he's supposed to be there to take care of his woman. Um, So in his Mm -hmm. culture, that's just, like, how it's done. But I don't know. (laughs) I just, uh, that that was a lot. Yeah, I don't think he thinks he's doing a bad thing like you said like he's very much doing it with the right intentions but there was a conversation that was missing here yeah uh because to amelia you know when you have to rely on yourself for so much 
in your life you know and there's so many people that are relying on you and you you looking up to you and you know I guess as a woman maybe she was seeing this as like a sort of power you know a, a, a sort of power that she wouldn't have otherwise yeah. in her life and so she's holding on to that with reason <laughs> obviously and and then that's kind of taken away from her the second that a man walks into her life, which, like you said, there's this sort of dichotomy between, like, her feeling, you know, it's it, there's a form of security in having that, you know, presence in your life, but also something was taken from you without you agreeing to that. Yeah. Which is a frust that's frustrating to her which I totally understand and like mm-hmm. I'm an Amelia in that situation you know <laughs> yeah like I constantly like do I want a daddy but also do I want to be independent and make my own money <laughs> yeah questions yes <laughs> no I agree with that and I also I have a question was you know mm. the scene where um so we didn't even mention Christopher Frost which was her ex who yeah. loved her yeah for oh, uh literally a bigger Lying paycheck bastard um did was a scene where um cam was really jealous and like he got super possessive and like authoritative and like literally like had to fuck her because of like you know his jealousy was that in the like the audiobook wait what <laughs> like jealous possessive fucking i don't remember no jealous possessive fucking but there was a scene where he finds out about like spent her spending time with christopher like she didn't tell him at all about the kisses or anything like that but um did wait there was kisses between I think he was trying to kiss her, and she's like, nah. I don't remember kissing. Did we read a different book, guys? <gasps> Is this another situation of taken out? I feel like it it vaguely rings a bell, but I'm not, like, I can't really speak on the matter because I've read both. So, like, could be just my memory from I remember him, they're having a conversation and him confessing his feelings for her. And she but was, was the conversation conf- of him confronting her about Christopher's intentions in there at all? Like, when he's like, so, wait, what do you mean you spent time with him? What do you mean you were alone with him? No, I don't think that that's uh, in the book. In the audio. I don't uh, The audio book. Gun, guys. No. You're, no, no, no. This is where I, no. That's the line you do not cross, okay? You do not deprive me of possessive yeah, uh, agreed. cam staking a claim okay you do not deprive me of that see and this was when um this is when i was like because i didn't remember the side of cam and mm. then this was when i was like okay now i see what em's talking about like now i see the like appeal of him and it was taken out for you guys so i feel like the cam that i got was like very mellow calm, smooth like like a smooth talker a smooth, yeah but not too much where he's like mm. like what the part that i read that he was like with married women and stuff like it's it's two completely different cams that lisa you have great men you know it i know it everybody knows that why are you making them tame guys i'm actually really mad i'm now i'm trying to think am who I is mi- this serving like am Reddit? i mixing up this with like to having to hold by patricia gaffney but i'm not no. There was no instance of this type of situation. No. So it was Cam and Amelia. Hmm. Lisa! And now I honestly believe she did, like, have a kiss with Christopher, but she pulled away, and that was also not in the book then. You know what? I remembered the whole Christopher thing being way more intense than it was in the audiobook. 
like not intense, but just like more of a thing. Yeah. Than it ended up being in the audiobook. How do you how how did it feel to you as? Because it was kind of like a thing, but like not really. It didn't go anywhere really. Like it didn't it didn't feel like. Right. No. Really. It didn't feel like it was anything that. I don't know. Like, in my memory, he was really leading her on, like, making her believe that he, you know, yeah. might have had a thing for her again. And obviously she wasn't taking the, ba- the bait, but, like, he was trying because he wanted to get to that, you know, what was behind the wall. Um, like, yeah, and Cam was going yeah. off about, like, you know, when the fire happened and, like, it was like he just was, like, venting all of his jealousy and he was like, when he grabbed you, blah, 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 like, something like that. That was not at all talked about in this audio I don't book. think so. I do not think so. This is an experience, guys. Uh, and this is the sad part of it, to be honest. Yeah. S, I need you going forward to read the, the actual but, books. Yeah. You're missing out <laughs> yeah. on so many good scenes. Uh, okay. Cause... I'm actually really sad on your behalf. Yeah. There is one scene... Of Amelia and Cam that is in another book that she better not have taken out. Because I love that scene. I don't remember. So, it involves uh, the sentence, you are going to service your husband <gasps> every morning. <Whoa. laughs> so, wow. Wow, wow. If she took that out, how many strongly worded letters have I written to Lisa Kleypas at this point? <laughs> at least seven. <sighs> She's going to hear from me. Uh, well, I guess I answered my question. It was taken out. Thank you for that. I believe um, so. I believe so. Because that rings absolutely no bell to me right now. Ew, I just thought of bells. <laughs> <laughs> that will make no sense for our listeners. So. No. Um. All right. Let's talk about Leo. Yes. The setup for his story, I guess. His story is probably the story that, like has the most development prior to his book, you know, because he's really got a lot of work to, to do. do on himself. Um, and a lot of relationships to fix on his side. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so we mentioned Leo briefly when we were reading, again, The Magic, because mm-hmm. in that book, Gideon is, you know, working through uh, alcoholism um, and we were saying that, you know, it's not really explored in detail in that book because he kind of goes away. Uh, here we have Leo, who is addicted to a myriad of things, including opium. Um, he's just really trying to fuck up his whole life is what he's trying to do. Um, so it will be interesting to see his growth as a character because here, you know, there's five books he's book four so you know you got a lot of time to spend with him to see how that progresses um how are you looking forward to that s really looking forward to it there was a a section sorry there was a Mm -hmm. section in the book where he got on my fucking nerves oh where um he i think amelia is like really considering staying with uh cam and like he comes and like criticizes her and like Mm -hmm. you you can't do this i'm in charge of the family like where were you for the past where were you 70 percent of this book yep you know shut up little boy and sit down (laughs) because because that's what he is he's still a little boy even though he's the oldest he's yeah he's never taken on any type of responsibility exactly yeah he's 
he's dragging his whole family to hell with him. He almost yeah. burned them down. He almost, he almost burned them, them down. Yep. And, like, I know, like, we need to recognize he's obviously going through a lot of emotional trauma. And he is, like, you know, drunk most of the time. But I also feel like he put them in danger numerous times. And that wasn't the first time. And, like, he still does it. And, like, he does feel immense guilt for causing the house to burn down. And he does voice that. But he still, like, is in that mindset. And he still doesn't think of his siblings. And I obviously, like, I've never been in that situation. I don't know how, you know, you go about it. But, yeah, it's just, I think we need to acknowledge he just, like, doesn't care. He's a constant disappointment, and he knows it, and he's past the point where he has the energy to care. Yeah. Yeah, Unfortunately. Like, he has no fucks left to give. No, Uh, none. Yeah, and unfortunately, that's a mindset that some people, they get to a point where that's, that's how they feel, you know? They just literally cannot care about anyone. Yeah. Like, they've been drained of anything and everything yeah um and that that's where he's at and uh you know how do you get to a point where you're able to love again you're able to care about someone again uh and who is that person you know who who is that person who i know i'm excited for you to meet this person i love his love and chest yeah um no but I I feel like there's a lot of growth that still obviously needs to happen and I like I don't really remember like what he goes through in books two and three and obviously his own book four um so I'm curious to see where we were headed and like I know there's I remember like certain aspects of it but I don't remember it all but I don't know there's just like a lot of apologizing that needs to happen you know and a lot of just like growing and like forgiving each other through that like through that all kind of relating back to our Hellboy episode, weirdly enough. Um, you know, the point is that he has to now start choosing to make different choices. Yes. You know, as long as he does, yes, he's disappointed disappointed his family countless times. He's let them down. He's dragged <clears throat> them through hell with him. But if he chooses to make the right decisions from now on, there's hope for him, mm-hmm. you know, and he's got people waiting for him to make those decisions, but they can't make them for him because exactly. they've tried and it doesn't yeah. work. What does he do? He runs out in the middle of the night and he fucks his way through a bunch of whores and does opium and whatever, you know? You can't, and I think even Cam mentions it, and, like, literally everyone mentions it. She, like, Amelia cannot, this is one situation and one person she cannot make decisions for. Um yeah. But I like that the book ended, uh, like, Leo's story in this book ended with, like, us not knowing, like, what's going to happen to him. And, like, yeah. if he, he chooses to live another day and, like, chooses to live True. a different type of life. Because, like, yeah, his story, like, ends in this book. And then when the second book comes, it's just, like, turning over a new page. And we get to see if he makes different decisions. Yeah. You also can't blame Amelia for getting to a point where she's kind of given up, too. Like, she doesn't believe in it. She's kind of moved on. She's kind of on the path to, I guess, wrapping her head around the fact that her brother wants to die and is probably going to kill himself, will most likely kill himself eventually, and that's just how it's going to end for him. Yeah. Uh, you can't blame her for for that. No, you, you can't. Know? It's it's just as hard for the people that have people like Leo in their life, you know? 
And, like, honestly, like, putting yourself in Amelia's shoes, she's literally, she's my age. She's 26. She is, like, kind of forced to be, like we said, a parental figure to these four siblings that she never thought this would ever happen. She's yeah. put her own happiness on hold. Um, or even, like, she doesn't even acknowledge it anymore because of, like, what happened with Christopher. I just feel like she has so much on her plate and she must feel so overwhelmed that, like, yeah, I would be mm. done with the brother that doesn't care. He doesn't want to live. So, like, you know, just let him do whatever he wants. And poor... Poor thing, she was cock blocked as well. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Poppy, and about Leo again. And about Leo, and like mm. he wasn't even doing the deed. He stopped by to get a drink first, and like, yeah, she was cock blocked. To me, this is why, at the end of the day, I think Cam is, in fact, the perfect kind of man for her because, and we talked about this when we, whenever it was that Daisy kissed Cam, you know, I asked well, do you think they're going to end up with the right people anyway? And I don't know. Did Daisy end up with yeah. the right person, in your opinion, S? She did. Uh, and in this case, I think that's exactly the kind of men that Amelia needs because she's so, her life is so hectic and constantly, it's not about her. It's about everyone else around her. It's about keeping this family afloat. Yeah. It's about dealing with debt. It's about thinking about the future, thinking about what's best for her family while there's this asshole in the background that's dragging them all backwards when she's trying to move forward with mm -hmm. their lives. And um, comes in this man who very much, like you said, Seth, lives in the present he's very much ingrained in the present and let's take this moment right here right now for us yeah let's take this moment for you let's let me take care of you let me give you in this moment what you need mm -hmm. and take your mind off of everything else she got a daddy is what she yeah, thought she, she, she yeah. did she did she did lucky bitch lucky bitch <laughs> anyways <laughs> we kind of briefly talked about maripin and when but the thing that for me really fucking kills me is when Wynn was sick, she wanted to look outside. Oh, and yeah. every fucking day, <laughs> Maripin would fucking clean her window because the sky must always be blue for, for Wynn. Oh, I love him. I know. Tell and like, me. it was just she made an offhand comment, like, ugh, I wish I could yeah. see out my window. Right? And next thing you know, Beatrix is like, yeah, don't you know? He's in love with her. He cleans her, he cleaned her window every day in London. Not a fucking speck on that window. Because, like, how dirty can a window really be oh. if you're cleaning it every fucking day? But he was like, not a fucking speck yeah. in the sky for my win. <laughs> he loves quietly, but like, his little Fiercely. acts of love are so loud. And, like, Mary so Kim, like, really breaks my heart with his love. It's just yeah. beautiful. But she also broke that trust, you know, when he was sick and she forced him to take that medicine. She kind of broke that trust. So, but he would love her anyway. So, like. He, he you know, got to live another day. <laughs> that sounds, that sounded somber for whatever reason. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Well, okay, something we didn't mention is, uh, we well, we kind of hinted at the whole, like, ring thing. Um, so I wanted to know how you feel about the fact that he puts his ring on her and to him they're married. He didn't, he doesn't talk, he doesn't tell her what it means. He's just like, yeah, we're married now. Or yeah. like, you know, she's very much against it. And she she's trying to take it off at any opportunity. And he wants it back on her finger. And... How did you feel about that whole dilemma? I you guess. guys got the scene where he fucked it off of her, right? 
with his mouth. No, where he like she's he's like you need to relax. What? what the hell are you talking about? When she's like the ring's not coming off, and then they have another sex scene, and then like he's like you just need to relax, and then as soon as like she's like she's oh she yeah, came yeah 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 no 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 orgasm, never mind that's that's it came yeah, off. yeah 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 you got yeah, it. yeah 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 that's okay. in the audiobook yeah yeah I thought I thought he was inserting the fucking finger somewhere that, no I wish that was... but no 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 no. <laughs> Um, no, but yeah, the scene where he, like, literally sucks off the ring, yeah, you guys got that too, right? Mm, yeah. Okay. Don't you worry, we got that. We got <sighs> that. All right. Um, but yeah, you know, that was kind of him, once again, like, forcing himself in or onto her, you know, <laughs> literally with a ring. So. How did you feel about the ring idea, though? I mean, I didn't think anything it was bad. Hot. Yeah. It was hot. <laughs> He and the amount of times it came kid. off and then, like, he had to, like, put it back on her. Yeah. And I love how it had to happen every time they had sex, though. Like, the ring had to be on her when they were having sex. Listen, you know that meme where it's, like, the woman that's, like, her soul is levitating out of her body and it's, like, feminism leaving my body? That's me when I'm reading romance, okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, feminism, literally me feminism? too. Don't know her, okay? I'm just... Yeah, I'm reading I'm for excitement here. here. I want the sparks. I want the passion. I want the wrong things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that is to me. And that's one of them, you know. Yeah. Stick your claim, boy. Stick it. Put the ring on it. Put yes. a ring on it. So that was hot to me. But, that. you know, ask me in another context, which is not a romance novel, but, like, in real life, if a, if a man was to do that to me, I would be like, hell no. <laughs> what? Hell no. <laughs> I'll take the ring and throw it in the fire. Me. That is the equivalent to me of a public engagement. No, no. Anxiety. No, Intense no. anxiety. You don't do that, especially if there was no conversation prior, and yeah. you're just popping the question like that. Boy, do not fucking do that. No, but it's like it's not even that. Like, okay, if we're like taking Cam and Amelia, inserting them in our world right now, today's world, that's it. But we're not doing that though. No, no, no I'm just saying. But like the leg- like the idea of him li- <laughs> like literally taking the ring and like putting putting it on her yeah, finger yeah. and like yeah. not just once, but like numerous times. I mean, like. But anyways, it was hot in the book in the context context of the story. Loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I enjoyed every scene that, you know, revolved around the ring. Every and I know scene. she enjoyed it, too. <laughs> um, yeah. But there's also something so fucking sexy about a ring on a finger. I just gotta say. Yeah. Matrimony. <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, something we didn't talk about, but you kind of hinted at it, and I do think it's a conversation we need to have. Yeah. Is the fact that for most of the story, um, Cam... You know, he was, I guess, more or less thrown out of his uh, clan. Is it called a clan? It's not called a clan. I think they said tribe. Tribe. He's, you know, kicked out of his tribe by his grandmother, who's like, you got to go, you know, out there now. Um, And he does. I think she said that it's not safe for you. Yeah, he does. He's taken in by Ivo, who was Evie's father, if you don't remember that or don't know that. And so that's how he meets Sebastian, Evie, etc. And he kind of makes a life in the what he calls like the white world, you know, the like Caucasian world. And uh, he makes a name for himself, but he's always longed to go back to the life that he was that he grew up in and that he loves and that he, you know, he wants to go back to his family, find those people again. And that's something that he seeks throughout the story 
and it's part of why he doesn't want to involve himself with Amelia because he's trying to get back to that life. Mm-hmm. However, the book ends with obviously him taking a step back and being like never mind actually I'm fine with this new lifestyle I'm you know I have found a new family a new tribe with the Hathaways and I'm and he does you know give up a little bit on his culture or I guess finds a middle path where it's like he gets both at the same time how do we feel about that? Uh, he was, like, from the beginning of the yeah. book, he was talking about, like, this restlessness he felt and, like, how he felt like he needed to find his tribe or just, like, yeah. just to live as the Romanese do. And, like, he was struggling with that. And I feel like uh, that was, you know, that was valid. And I, like, I kind of was sad that he dropped that. But then once he said that he found his resting place or, like, yeah, his resting mm. place and he found home and he realized... What he was searching for was actually like a family, a like like he said, yeah. a tribe that can mm-hmm. be his own tribe. Um, it made sense, and I don't know. I liked, I liked that idea that he he found his resting place with the Hathaways. As long as he's happy yeah. with them and the whole gang. I mean, it's always sad when the character has to give up part of who yeah. they are and their own culture in order to assimilate more or less really Mm -hmm. to someone else's way of life but it was his choice you know but yeah it was his choice and it has to be respected and like you know it makes me less sad in this case but it's still like I do think like whenever it's mentioned or whenever stuff like this happens in books like it's kind of always like a little iffy just because of the weight that conversations like these have you know, in our own world and throughout our own history of, you know, people like Cam being assimilated to a different way of life and being told that they are wild, that they are other. And so it always feels wrong because you want those people to be able to fully embrace who they are and who they want to be in their own culture. And so to to see him let part of it go, but, you know, that's me superimposing my own like no no experience in this world whereas like he's just a character existing in a romance novel like it's not that deep you know (laughs) I mean I think it's valid to acknowledge the way that the Romani people are talked about in this book because I feel like it comes up quite often and Mm -hmm. um it's like when he's like at Sony Cross a lot of the people there were like kind of judging him and like where they just thought he'd like obviously steal things from them and like there's that lady that was sitting beside him at dinner and she was like deathly afraid of him and yeah. I think we also need to recognize like Westcliff was okay with like Romney people because a-, a few of them like had uh, stopped on his land and like he's like okay they can stay there just as long as they don't cause trouble but then we also got <clears throat> Sebastian when uh Cam was like I'm actually like quitting I don't want to work there anymore I want to like go live my life under the stars or whatever yeah he kind of like was taken aback and he's like wait you would choose that over you know like a life you know like living Mm -hmm. under a house and like he even called it lifestyle like uncivilized and like barbaric and like obviously that's just like he's brought up that way he's raised to think that you know the Romani people are he's also the man who called his wife a bitch so yeah it's yeah exactly um (laughs) it's part of the character yeah Yeah. but i think we need to recognize that like the time and like the people of this world in this time obviously um look at as look at it as less maybe it's easier 
you know, that way. Like, there's also just the fact that, you know, he's got this money. He sees this family that's in need of his money. Um, and maybe sometimes it is easier to blend in, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, maybe that's the, the easier path. And if that's your decision, as long as it's your decision and not something you feel pressured to do, yeah. then that should be worthy of respect. No, so. of course. Um, something else I wanted to bring up is the fact that literally all the men in this family do not see eye to eye. Like, there is, a, yeah. like, I feel like the gap in this family starts with the men. Like, Maripin and uh, Leo, they fucking hate each other as well. <laughs> we got three different perspectives with all three different men, and I'm... Yeah. I'm curious to see them all. I mean, I've already experienced it, but I'm just, like, speaking on behalf of, like, people that haven't read it. But, like, I'm curious yeah. to see, like, what their da- dynamic will be like now that Cam is officially part of the family. Yeah. Um, because yeah. all the women in this family are very close together. They, It seems like they all, you know, exist together, coexist together very yeah. well. And yet it's the men that have, like, that bring in these, like, deep emotional wounds into the mix. <laughs> Uh, bring the drama yeah and it's mentioned that the reason why Maripin and Leo don't see eye to eye is because Maripin is the one who refused to let Leo die when he asked to die yeah that's fucking deep (laughs) that's some deep deep shit right there that how do you come back from that I don't fucking know like that's yeah like, how do you unpack that? Because how do you Maripin, unpack that? Yeah, he yeah. didn't want Leo to die. Like, obviously, he was raised with him. He knows the importance of Leo with the Hathaway sisters. He knows his importance, and he just didn't want Leo to die. But Leo's like, uh, no, I want to be with Laura. Like, let me die. Also, I well, I mean, also, I fucking think that from Maripin's perspective, there was a, a, a little bit of, like, you fucking did this to win, so you're going to fucking live. And if she doesn't fucking live, you're going to live with the fucking guilt. You hear me? Yeah. I feel no, like that was part that. of that as that well. Too. Like, Maripin, he's an interesting character. There's some deep-ass emotional wounds in the, <laughs> among the it's men. It's always the men. Always. It's right? I mean, patriarchy. Patriarchy doesn't help them any more than it helps us. Like, yeah. it messes up. It messes them up for real. Let's get into the monster of the story, shall we? So what do you think the monster of the story is, guys? For Amelia, I think it's just responsibility of Mm. the family. Yeah, that she never asked for, you know? Like, it was just kind of thrust upon her. And she takes, I mean, she takes it on really well. I mean, she tries her best. Yeah. And I feel like that responsibility stopped her from living her life and seeking happiness. I mean, being a mom is fucking hard. Being a mom when you didn't choose to be a mom and you have to be a mom to your siblings. Takes a toll, I feel like. Yeah, it does. Uh, For me, I had, which is kind of related to what you just said, just her need to... She needs to learn how to lean on people. And that's not easy. To trust people that much and to let yourself be vulnerable around them because you know you, you mentioned like she won't even cry she won't even let herself cry and no. process her own emotions because she's like i don't got time for that so to learn to have those moments to let the others around her see that she's got cracks you know in her facade it's not all like i'm so strong and capable of doing all these things because i think 
she puts up that facade for herself mostly because she needs to pretend like she is, you know, fake it till you make it type of thing. Learning to to accept the help of others, which is sounds so fucking simple, but it's such a hard thing to do. It's hard to be vulnerable with other people. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think it kind of goes hand in hand with both of your ideas of what the monster was. Mine was, like, the emotional damage caused from, like, the past or, like, past events. Mm-hmm. And, like, we see that with uh, with Leo and Laura and, like, how he's unwilling to let go of her and, like, thus making him so um, dependent on all these substances and also, you know, kind of keeping her there. Um, you have Amelia vowing she'll never marry again or, like, not marry again, but, like, marry at all in general because of, mm-hmm. like, Christopher Frost and, like, his betrayal and how much that hurt her and how much she's closed off. Like, she's literally close that part of her heart off and doesn't want to I guess get married until like like Cam comes around and like you know lessens that and like lessens that burden like you said of raising her her family and all of that and then Cam again like the his past of like he wants to find his people and reconnect with like his culture and go back to his roots again and like, he literally just remembers of being dropped off in London, and he doesn't know why or what happened or even what happened to his grandma. He doesn't know anything, and, like... And he still doesn't know by the end of this Exactly, book, and also because of his upbringing in London, it caused so many, like, pain, like, so much, like, trauma to him because poor guy, like, has lived his whole life feeling lesser than because of being brought up in London, and, yeah, it does yeah. make him momentarily pull away from Amelia when he kind of, like, thinks to himself that maybe Christopher would be better off, you know, for her. Um, like, he quickly, like, you know, disregards that. But, yeah, just, like, the emotional damage from the past. Are Amelia and and Cam gonna teach their kids the the Romany way? Or are they just gonna raise them like white kids? I don't know. Like, that's also part of the conversation. Like, is he just gonna you know, let it go because it's just easier and simpler for them to, as, you know, people of the ton, because they are going to grow up as part of the ton. Yeah. Or will he make sure to pass on that culture as well because they are half Romani? Is that something that we see or no? I I don't remember. About their kids? Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember either. But no, like, honestly, that was one of his worries too. He's like, Amelia, like, is she going to be okay with having a, like... A quarter of a Romani child, because like we know, yeah, that's true. Cam yeah. is half Irish and half Romani. Yeah, and I, I love that her her response to that was like, "Are you okay with being a part of this fucking family?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like our kids are going to be half Hathaway. Are you okay with that? Are you sure you're okay yeah. with that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like half Hathaway is really that's really the question. <laughs> Jeez, I just I can't wait till you get to Beatrice because I feel like. Her story is very interesting, and, like, she's just such a, like, a, a vibrant presence throughout this whole series. Um, yeah. And, like, just, like, the lizard is just, like, the tip of the, the iceberg. Big, yes, yeah. the tip of the iceberg. But, no, to be honest, I was kind of worried. I really thought Amelia was going to yell at her in that moment, you know, when, like, they kind of pull her away with Cam. Right, and then she starts laughing. They start instead, dying of like, laughter, which is great. Yeah. I love their dynamic. Yeah. I love the Hathaway dynamic. Yeah. Can't wait to read more. Also, I'll be looking forward to a specific thing that happens in book five that if they take, if they took that out, I'm burning down the whole publisher. Oh, wait, I think I know what scene. We obviously can't talk about it. Yeah, we can't. But that's one of my fucking favorite scenes in all the books that I've ever read. That's one of my favorite scenes. 
All right. So who's book five? Beatrix. Beatrix. Oh, okay. So we're going to obviously uh, continue on uh, with our read along with Seduce Me at Sunrise. Uh, that is Kev slash Maripin uh, and uh, Wynn's story. The pining shall finally end. Well, I guess it's not technically pining. She loves him too, so you know it's it's mutual. It's just um, um, we didn't even mention it. She's she became very sick from like you know the scarlet fever, and yeah, it's not. Um, she doesn't think or she's been told that she'll never be able to have sex or like have children of her own. So she kind of knows she'll never have like that life, and so she separates herself from Mary Pin, and he stays away from her because obviously he doesn't want to kill her. He doesn't want to break her with his dick. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Anywho, uh, so hopefully you'll um, join us for that. I hope you enjoy the book. If you do, you can find us online uh, on rom- uh, on Romance and Monsters podcast. Wait, yes, that's exactly it. Uh, on Instagram, <laughs> also uh, the RTM Pod on Twitter, Romance and the Monsters podcast at gmail.com If you want to email us, and uh, TikTok is. Uh, Romance and the Monsters pod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why am I still hesitating after all of these episodes, honestly? Uh, you can also find us on YouTube at Romance and the Monsters podcast. Uh, if you type that, you should be able to find us. Mm-hmm. If you would like to find me specifically, I am on both Twitter and Instagram at Foes and Lovers. And you can find me as on both Twitter and Instagram at But This Book. And you can find me, Seth, on both Instagram and Twitter at Pros with Woes. And also, if you want, and if you have the time, please feel free to leave us a rating or a review on any of the podcast platforms, and that includes SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, literally any of them. Honestly, it's just, yeah, it just feels good to see it. So, And that is it. Uh, see you next week. With something else. Bye. Bye.